Multiple studies tell us owning a dog can help alleviate stress and anxiety. In fact, even just petting a familiar dog can lower blood pressure, slow breathing and relax muscle tension. But did you know that owning a dog can also benefit your relationship? On today's show, we talk about the impact our little four-legged friend has had on us and how a dog can help you and your partner become a great team. Hey, we're Kim and Rog, and we're here to show couples how to get the best out of their relationship so they can start living their dream life together. We're a West Aussie couple who are living the life of our dreams. We don't entertain the word should, we think about the future as a field of possibilities, and we let joy be our compass. We've taken the simple idea of working as a team and applied it to our marriage, and it's been a game changer, allowing us to work out what truly lights us up in life and to go after it together. From living in snowy Japan to starting our own house flipping business, we've achieved some big dreams. And most importantly, we feel fulfilled and are having the most fun we've ever had. Hear conversations from inspiring couples, thoughts from relationship experts, and tales from our own lives, as we help you to gain the wisdom and skills you'll need to turn your relationship into a real team. These are relationship conversations for real people, by real people. So sit back, get comfy in whatever tickles you pickle, and enjoy living the team life. Today we are talking about furry little friends, our dogs, and in particular the idea of getting a dog and why we're such big advocates of that. And the, <laughs> the impetus for this show was, was our dog and, and reflecting on our, our beautiful girl Maddie who we've had for 13 years. She just had her 13th birthday on the 22nd of April and – who is such a huge part of our family. We still refer to her as our puppy. She has many names, Maddie, Wadsy, Padsy, Padsy Bigler, Stinkler, Nurse Padsy, Lady Stinkleton. She just has been a light in our lives for 13 years. Uh, she is full of personality, full of sass, has never lost that. All of our friends who have watched Maddie grow up, have always known she's a little bit bonkers. That's never really left her either. She does not like other dogs. She definitely thinks she's a human. She managed to fail two puppy schools, leave one trainer exasperated, telling us that they had no they had no idea what to do with that dog. <laughs> she was untrainable. <laughs> but that's not the point. That's 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 just Madsy. That's our Maddie and we love her. And we realised when we were talking about Maddie a little while ago that Maddie was probably the first decision we made or the first big decision we made that really showed a lot of the elements of coming together as a team in the relationship. It really, it really, it caused us to to make decisions and um, undertake actions and and all of those sorts of things that are reflective of being a real team in a relationship and we got to talking and we decided that it would be lovely to share the benefits of having a dog and how these relate to building a team in a relationship. Yeah so in many ways this really is just an ode to our special little furry friend to Maddie uh, and how much we do love her and that we really can't ever thank her enough for all the joy she's provided us. Oh my God, so and <laughs> Kim's Kim's gonna start crying. But but in all seriousness, um, she's she's been with us through thick and thin. You know, when Kim was doing her her masters, 
she sat on sat on by Kim's feet, keeping her company. When I was um, when our little daughter got diagnosed with autism, and I was still up in Japan for nine months, flying back and forth, uh, she stayed with me in Japan. It was a great little snow dog, and just kept me uh, going mentally. And so when COVID hit, when you co- went south for six weeks with yep. with our girl and because our daughter has some health issues and we didn't know how safe it was to be in Perth and and Maddie stayed in Perth and kept me kept me going. Yeah, so we we could really just sit here and talk for hours about <laughs> how much we love her and um, how special she is to us and how much of an impact she's made on our lives. Uh, in, instead, we thought we'd actually talk about the benefits that having a dog can bring to you in your relationship how it can help you create the identity, you know, how it helps you, you know, really look at your dreams, plans, define your values and what you really, how you see your world, you know, how it can even help you in your relationship when things aren't going right. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're, this is your, you know, you're first trying to come together as a team and take the next step. It doesn't matter if you've got two kids, a white picket fence and you want a puppy dog to be that picture perfect cherry on the cake uh it doesn't really matter where you are kim and i are going to talk about you know why you should probably get a dog if you if you're feeling like maybe we should get a dog we're sort of hopefully will push you over the edge not a dog person you prefer cats (laughs) turn off now (laughs) turn off now and look in many ways look i mean look there's 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 evolutionary evidence about how intertwined humans and dogs are over the hundreds of thousands of years. But there's, there's a lot of research in general around how important dogs are to humans for their mental health and for lots of other reasons. But I guess today what we're wanting to pick up is that we see a direct link between the get it, getting a dog and the working as a team together. And I think that, that that's just a, a really neat way to think about the idea of getting an, a dog. And you're right, it doesn't have to be a dog if you're not a dog person. Really, it could apply to any any animal <laughs> that wasn't like an obscure. My brother had a, had a pet, pet barramundi. Like in, no, yeah, right. in, in a fish tank, had a pet barramundi. Is that Homer Simpson with Pinchy? Or? Yeah, or Pinchy. <laughs> Um, I think he ate Pinchy in the end, though. So <laughs> of course he ate Pinchy. He was looking, thinking, mm, Pinchy, oh Pinchy, so <laughs> oh, Pinchy, delicious, so delicious, so, so upset. <laughs> sorry, uh, anyway, sorry for anyone who's more a pet Simpson crayfish. references. Sorry, yeah. that's our generation. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on, we've digressed, but let's get into it. Let's talk about why we think getting a dog can be such a great decision for the relationship and for building the team. So first things first, dogs help us, or the idea of getting a dog is a way to help us to start dreaming together. How so? <laughs> <laughs> did, you like, did you like my segue there? <laughs> Not clunky at no. all. Awkward, they weird. They Mr. Smooth. All right, there you go. <laughs> all right, so how so? When we, when we think about getting a dog, we are committing to the future and it's such a lovely idea to sit down together and dream about what your future will look like. And we talk a lot about the importance of visualisation, actually thinking about one specific day in the future. And when you, have, when you have the idea, like getting a dog or getting a cat or whatever it might be, but we're talking about getting a dog today, when you have that idea and you start to talk it through with your partner, 
you're actually practicing dreaming together of the future. Yes, it's got a dog in the picture, but it could be anything. You're dreaming about your life together, what that will look like. And we know that when we visualize what something will look like, it's a it's a far more powerful tool into encouraging us to take action towards that dream. The, the 10 years in the future and the the average lifespan of a dog is between 10 12 13 years. Um, seems very, very far away and seems very intangible. But, you know, when we do think about it, when we visualise, well, what will the world look like in 10 years? What will our world look like in 10 years? And where do we want to be? Who do we want to be in 10 years? You're doing that when you're saying, well, we want a puppy, we want an animal to be a part of our lives, a consistent part of our lives and an important part of our lives for at least the next 10 years. And that in itself is something really cool and if if you could only think about other areas or aspects of your life you know we talk a lot about planning for the next five ten years on the on our podcast and dreaming big and yet a lot of people will still go oh that just seems a bit too far away that just seems too hard and yet by getting a dog by getting this living breathing slobbering munching thing you are actually visualizing and projecting of what could life look like in 10 years time yeah i mean we remember having those conversations you know we'll take it for a walk we'll 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 take the dog down south and we'll we'll take it to the beach down there and we'll walk along the beach and and this dog will run around and be friends with all the other dogs and it's the visualization our first, was, our first child will play with it our, and get yeah. to know it yeah, exactly. And it was it was such an exciting idea for us to be connected together in this in this dream that we had of what our life will would look like, you know, that we would come home from work and we would have a furry little friend greet us at the door and and if they, we had a rough day, we would have company and cuddles on the couch and and all of those things have come to fruition. That is what having a dog has yeah, provided. Yeah, and, and we might have visualised, oh, we'll live in a house in this suburb and we'll be doing these things. If anyone can hear the dogs barking in the background, I think I might leave she's it in for dramatic on, effect. On one um, today. She's on one. <laughs> or I think she knows we're talking about, about her. <laughs> but it's funny that if at that stage of our lives we'd instead of just stopped thinking about Maddie and, and out getting a dog and actually gone, okay, well, take the dog out of the question – to live in a house in the suburb we want in and be happy and content in 10 years, gee, we might have to change a few things of what we do now to make sure we hit, hit the 10-year mark. So it's so funny how, again, that we f- may find it easy to visualise what our lives may look like in 10 years when we're talking about getting a dog, but it's so hard in every other aspect of our life. That is, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? Just that one little part adding in the dog made it a lot more accessible to start the dreaming. And of course, dreaming leads to planning. So, you know, first we get the the, the big ideas and the visualizations, and then you have to start to plan. And you know, I was just thinking as I was talking about the dreaming, about one of the things we had to plan for when we were getting Maddie, which was what are we going to call her? And what was interesting, what came out of that was you wanted to call her Maddie and I asked you why you wanted to call her Maddie and you said because I've always wanted a daughter called Maddie, Madeline actually. And I said to you, you need to go away and think about if you want a child called Madeline, we will not have a dog called Maddie. So you can pick one or the other but you have to go away and think about it. You did, you came back. I just, I just quickly <laughs> finished. The point of this isn't that 
I had to give you some breathing time to think about what you wanted and the fact that you regretted your decision. The point of this was it made us talk about and plan for something that we hadn't been thinking about. We hadn't talked about children's names or even the thought of like concretely having a child in the future and when you brought the name to me, all of a sudden we were having a different conversation. Mm. We, we, we started to talk about having children and what that would look like and how we would name them. And that was part of it is, is that it created those conversations we hadn't started. Which was probably the first time we actually properly had a conversation about it. Now, look, in my 20s, I wasn't great at uh, – maybe uh, planning for the future and yeah when we then because our daughter isn't called Madeline even though I love the name and um, still ask me to call the child Madeline even though we don't have any more yeah coming back to the planning side of it when you when you've had this dream and you start to think about well actually this could be a reality for us you're going to start to have conversations like the conversation around the name that are going to be a little bit more serious. Things like, will we have pet insurance? How much will it cost? How much do we have to budget on going for that? What vet will we go to? What are the vet fees like? How many people would buy a dog without ever budgeting for the fact that it, the I th- additional I think the costs. majority yeah. would do that. And understanding where's that money coming from? What account are we putting it into? I mean, obviously these are conversations we're talking about that you know, if you're at that point in your relationship where you haven't had these conversations before, you thinking about how you're going to budget for the dog. But even if you are married and you have children, it's still going to be an additional financial burden on the family. So you need to have these conversations around money. And to maybe to people's surprise, what we're learning from, from a lot of feedback we're getting is that a lot of families don't actually have necessarily deep conversations around finances it's a very difficult topic for people to talk about it will either be siloed so one person will do the budgeting Mm. um or they won't talk about the finances altogether they'll they'll they may know top line numbers or they're just continually to put themselves into the red or into financial stress now again we're not a a financial podcast there's heaps of great one great ones out there we love the barefoot um remit sethi's great as well there's there's a heap out there but what we're saying is that this is just again an example of when you make a commitment, a long-term commitment to something, you generally, you do have to plan for it to yes. be able to execute um, your dream properly. And of course, on the, on the other side of that, which we always say, is that you have to understand what maybe you're willing to give up when you get a dog. So, you know, how are you going to travel overseas? How are you going to move certain places? That's a big um, one. How are you going to rent if pl- certain places don't allow you to rent with dogs? Yeah, it absolutely because having an animal does prohibit your freedoms. So you need to be having those conversations around how you're going to navigate having less of those freedoms. And and those are conversations that you might not have had or you might be out of practice with. So getting a dog is another really – remembering that a dog is an exciting it's an exciting addition to your family. Yep. So you're going to be having these conversations in a in a positive space. Yep. And I think that's what's so lovely like as an overarching concept of getting a dog is, yes, you are going to be having these conversations and practising these skills, which is why we think it's so great for a team to think about getting a dog. But you're going to be practising them and, and using these skills in a way that is really positive. 
which is going to take some of the stress and pressure out of the conversation that you might experience when you're having it about what feels like just more more negative content when there isn't a lovely fluffy animal that's coming as a result of the conversation and and you know god forbid but it happens a lot is when if you haven't got pet insurance or anything like that because perhaps you didn't plan as well or you decided to take the chance and there comes a time where you know pet surgery um you know issues with dogs especially pure breeds where a decision has to be made about whether you put the dog down or whether you spend $5,000 on surgery. And if you don't have that money and being having to make that decision with your, you know, with your partner and, you know, and the kids may be being involved about what you want to do going forward, that's a really, really tough decision to have to make. It's a really, really tough conversation to have. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, if you're not used to having tough conversations... Yes. It could, you know, it could, it really, um, it could really create some chasms, some divides. And I think the, that's what we're saying is when you get that dog, you can start having those conversations at the very yeah. beginning because they do encourage you to have more of those conversations and get more on the same page. Because it's a commitment. It is. It's a commitment together. It's a commitment to the team. It's a commitment to the family. And one of the things that does come out of that practicing the planning and practicing the dreaming is that you actually start to share with one another your worldviews which are super important as you build your team together you know you start talking about well who's going to walk the dog and then you start to be able to uncover with one another how much do we actually value the idea of quality time outdoors together because if a partner says to you, well, I'm not walking it, I'm not interested in that, I don't want to spend my time walking for 30 minutes after work, I want to be in front of the TV, they're telling you how they see the world. Yeah. And if you're saying, well, I really want to spend some quality time out walking, you guys have got a bit of a difference there in your value system. So it's really going to start to let you know that this is your value, these are your partner values, these are the way you see the world and – if, if you do see it differently, it's going to give you an opportunity to work on that. And if you do see it more similarly, it's going to provide a lovely point of connection where you're going to see, actually, you know what? We share some really important values together and we can build off that in other areas in our lives. Yeah, so for those people who might not have had a dog when they first had kids and, you know, there used to be the old sort of saying amongst the, the boys is where, well, if your if your missus is really pushing to have a kid, mm. get a dog, and it gives you a couple of years. Although I have to admit, I was the first one who wanted a dog and a kid, wasn't I? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, you know, we do have some friends who maybe have two kids, uh, a nice, beautiful white picket fence, and and one one partner's going to the other. Well, I always saw in the future that our our kids would have a dog, mm. you know, and so they're trying to get, and then they're like, well. You know, we've got to be able to afford it because dogs are expensive or, you know, some people who don't want to get them from refuges or, well, how are we going to fit it? Our house is small. We've got a tiny backyard. Um, where, where is it going to go? Or we rent. Uh, you know, uh, who's going to walk it? Um, you know, I work late, you work late. We don't even have time to spend together. So these are important conversations that are going to be have or need to be have. But then it's also about, well, I've valued my kids being growing up around an animal or a dog. Mm. I've valued having that sort of animal, that gentle presence 
in the house, a big golden retriever or whatever in the house. While the other person was like, no, I don't, I don't value that at all. I don't value having that. I'd rather spend money on a hobby for me or for us or something else. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one reflecting back at the time when we made the decision to get Maddie. We found common ground in that we valued two things really importantly. One was our mental health and we knew that getting a dog was going to improve our mental health, even though I wasn't 100% necessarily behind the decision or behind the idea originally I was absolutely before we got the dog because we we wouldn't have made the decision to get one otherwise uh but the so yeah so the first thing was the mental health thing we found common ground on that which was really lovely to know and the second thing that we found common ground on was quality time walking the dog so spending yeah. some quality time together outdoors and I think that was a really lovely learning for us that we valued those two things together uh, and that with those values, those shared values, the things that we disagreed on in terms of the detail and the planning, because we did struggle a little bit at the beginning with the idea of who was going to be responsible for what, et cetera, et cetera. Especially when Maddie was the first two years, as most puppies do, just tearing up the apartment. Yes. But we were able to stay positive and committed to to the decision we'd made because we had worked out what our values underpinning it were what was driving this decision in the first place what meant something to us what was important to us what was purposeful and because those two key values were being hit on for us it was a really um it was really a a a really important example for us of what happens when you know your values and how important that can be when things get a little bit rocky day to day in actually smoothing out those bumps day to day. And I think, you know, that that can move us on to some of the real shared duties and activities. These are just... Well, this is a skill, right? This is a skill, but also a benefit, similar to what you're saying mm. about how you and I would actually utilize, utilize Maddie. Uh, uh, we would, um, you know, use the, the chance to go walk Maddie out for an hour at a time or got, we even took her to the beach and went for runs with her together oh, yeah. uh, to actually make it a ritual, make it a bit of a daily activity for the two of us. I remember when we first moved to Melbourne and so Maddie would have been seven years old or something like that and I was working some really long hours. Um, you'd given up your job in Perth to, to come over and see me and then you got pregnant. We we had daylight savings over there and so I'd come home pretty late, like 6.37. It would still be light and then we'd go walk to Yarraville about an and hour. It was with dark puppy. and cold and... Yeah, <laughs> but we still did it and what it did was it actually gave us a chance to bond because we had moved and we were heading in a different direction in our life than I think we probably thought we were at the time. And that allowed us to connect, especially when we didn't see each other all day. And for you to open up to me, me to open up to you. And our good little furry friend, Maddie's just, again, leading the way, quietly bringing us together. Yeah, it's such an interesting one. Like The point we wanted to make here was shared that you do need to share the duties and and. Uh, the activities as well, the fun part of having a dog and that that's a great skill for a couple to practice sharing those duties and the responsibilities. But actually, I think the way you've looked at this, which is that she actually provided in taking care of her these amazing moments for us, these points of connection, these opportunities to be outside together and, and have a moment together of quiet at the end of a busy day 
is a really lovely way of thinking about how shared responsibilities and duties don't even have to be such a heavy negative thing when we do them together as a team. Like there's always something in that. It's important to be able to, when you make a commitment to something like getting a dog, you need to have the conversations about who's going to be accountable for what. These are some ways you can talk about and discuss accountabilities in your roles in in your life, in your day-to-day, instead of just assuming that the other person's going to do it. Well, I think the next thing that um, is a bonus that I don't know that everybody would think about, but it really is a super bonus of having, having a pet or a dog in particular, they will teach you how to practice conflict resolution (laughs) because you're absolutely going to come across disagreements when someone hasn't picked the poo up or the dog's vomited because someone decided to feed it a bone even though someone else said don't feed it a bone. It's definitely going to vomit. That's 3 a.m. in the morning, there's the vomit. That's always me. (laughs) (laughs) So there are things that get thrown up when you have a dog that are going to cause conflict and it's a great way, like we always say, you need to practice these skills. You need to practice them over and over again. It's not of dire consequence when these little conflicts come up around a dog. These are not life-ending issues. These are just a momentary problem, which is a great time to practice conflict resolution. Learning skills is always better when there's less on, less on the line when you're starting to learn them, right? You don't need the additional pressure. You don't need your stress system in hyper overdrive. You know, when the dog spews at three in the morning, it's not the end of the world. Yes, it's not nice. No, you don't want to be there cleaning up the bed at that time, but it's fine. It's really just a momentary glitch. And so you can practice conflict resolution in those moments that you can then use in the bigger moments, we're always saying practice, build your skill set. You need to be doing it all the time so that when the big stuff hits, you've got the skills under your belt. Yeah, uh, conflict resolution is often uh, an exercise in uh, patience and taking a moment. And I think with dogs, you definitely do that because you love them so much. But, <laughs> oh, man, you know, every every week Maddie will do something. We'll just go, oh, Maddie, Maddie what are you doing? Um, and so I think it's definitely a good way, you know, and I, sometimes, you know, when Kim and I are teeing off on each other, um, you know, we might not actually, we might be less likely to take that breath, be patient, mm-hmm. take the moment of consideration to go, hey, it's it's just a bit of piss on the floor. It's just a bit, <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it's just an accident. It's going to be okay. There's no point in me being, you know, and so it's just, it is an exercise in patience. Absolutely. It's like the barking you know dogs bark a lot and you can get angry at the animal or you can take a moment understand what's happening and make a choice to either support the animal to stop the barking or go and do more training if you really want are the you barking. talking about me or the dog? <laughs> <laughs> you really want the barking to change right it's it is an exercise in patience and an exercise in conflict resolution and all of these skills are going to help you towards being a better team, which is which is what we're all about here. We want the relationship to feel like a team. We want to build our team skills, build our understanding of what a team looks like and what it feels like to operate as a team. So on that note, the last benefit that we have decided to talk about today, there are so many benefits we could have put in, but we've tried to keep it more concise is that 
Dogs are incredible for your mental health. Now, this is one that gets touted a lot. We know that it's, you know, it's often in the press around dogs visiting um, visiting aged residential care, visiting uh, people who might be suffering PTSD or other mental health issues. They are such a wonderful uh, regulator for humans. And whilst that might sound like it's attending to the individual, as we've spoken about before on the podcast, when the individual is more mentally healthy, they're going to bring a different level into the relationship. So we do want to support individual mental health as well. It's, it is going to, if when your mental health individually is suffering, it is going to impact your relationship. So we definitely want to be supporting mental health for the individual as well. It's and great for kids. It's great for adults um, of all, uh, you know, people of all ages. Um, you know, the, it's, it's scientifically proven we're, we're evolutionarily evolved to be around dogs. If you don't want one, you don't have to get one. But if you're, if you're looking to get one, we highly recommend it. Well, just on that point, how important they are to children – we know from attachment research, which I've spoken about before and is, is, is premised around h- how we are attached to uh, significant others as, as children and how that impacts uh, our ability to see the world in the future and obviously to regulate ourselves in a more detailed sort of um, perspective. When children form attachments they don't actually have to form it to another human to have had a successful attachment figure as a child. So they can learn a secure attachment and have a secure attachment way of living in the world as an adult from having a an animal be their attachment figure. I just think that is wild. So that's how important animals can be to children. They can absolutely change the way they engage in the world and whether they feel safe and secure in the world to go out and explore and to, and to return to home base, whether they feel safe and secure in the world to engage with other human beings, whether they feel safe and secure to deal with conflict, to vi- deal with dysregulation themselves, all of that stuff is impacted by how safe and secure they feel as children and they can, they can feel that safety and security and have that really critical attachment with the dog. Look, today's been a a quick but fun little episode. You know, we we were a bit sneaky today. One, this was just totally us indulging in our little puppy dog and talking about her. Um, It made us feel good talking about her. It made us feel good about talking about furry little friends. Um, And, you know, this is always going to be on the record and recorded and we can sit back and listen to it in many years' time. Uh, The other way we've been a bit sneaky today is, you know, we've talked about how getting a dog can help you with talking about dreaming with your partner, plan for the future, how it can help you talk about your values and how you see your world and how you can um, share the, the responsibilities and duties of of having a dog and yet if you can talk about these things in terms of getting a dog it should show you that you can talk about these things in so many other aspects of your life i i think that's the crux of today right that was the point of it all is you know the dog getting a dog is a lovely access point to building a team it really is and once you realize that oh I could have these conversations, I can build these skills, I am in a partnership, I do have a team. That's a, it's a it's a launching pad for 
whatever else you and your partner want to do in life, whatever else you want to take on as a team, what dreams you want to chase in life outside of getting a dog. It's such a fantastic way to practice those skills, build your capability, build your confidence. And as you're saying, Rogie, learn that you can apply this these same things that you've learned through getting a dog to any part of life. You can manage this through any part of life. So yeah, I think getting a dog is is just a wonderful, wonderful way for a relationship to build the team, build the ability to dream and then even at the back end be able to see, have the confidence to go forward and do more teamwork, more dream work because they see that they are capable of doing it. It's really a full circle getting an animal for a relationship. Couldn't agree more. Okay, so that's today's podcast. Rogie, what did you take out of today's podcast? Uh, I think I what I really took out was the fact that a dog is a great way for a couple to really understand who each other is. So when you have conversations about what you see your world like over the next 10 years and are you the sort of people who want to commit to a dog, how do you see perhaps the kids, did you always see your kids with a dog? I think it's a great way to have the conversation about who you really are and where where you see yourselves. Yeah, for me it's the dreaming. I just think dreaming is the most powerful thing we have. When we're at the beginning of of wanting to change things, of wanting to have a different life or or make a new decision, you have to dream about it. That's where hope and excitement and all those really big things come from. So for me, getting a dog teaches you the power of dreaming you visualize the life you imagine it and then you set about how you're going to chase down that dream and that's just such a cool thing and such a powerful thing in life and something we're super passionate about here because we want people to dream we want people to use their imagination and imagine in their wildest dreams what their life might look like You're amazing. You've just spent quality time on your relationship. Feel like you're on a roll? If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandrodge.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies. And if you liked today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy. Until next time, keep on living the team life.